Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Pivoting with Emily. My name is Emily, and I'm your host. This podcast is for anyone looking for an escape that leaves them feeling inspired. I'm a woman in my 20s. I'm trying to figure it all out, fight for my dreams, and be the best version of myself along the way. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about the power of self-reflection and how I practice it. But first, my usual three segments, which are my current inspiration, how I'm becoming the best version of myself, and something I'm looking forward to. Okay, for my current inspiration, I actually have two for this episode. The first being the book YouTubers of the world. There's one particular one that stands out, which I will mention in a moment, but book YouTubers. I love you guys. You've been really inspiring me and giving me amazing book recommendations. More on that in a moment. I wanted to talk about my second inspiration first, which is Miss Taylor Swift, her new Midnight's album. So incredibly good. I love her folk stuff, but I was ready for a pop album and she delivered and I could not be happier. So I thought it'd be fun to review my top five favorite songs with you guys. I feel like I've listened to this album so many times and it took me way longer to develop a top five favorite songs than usual. And that's because I loved so many of the songs. So while I loved all of them, I did formulate a top five and it goes Snow on the Beach, Antihero, You're on Your Own Kid, Sweet Nothing, and Would've, Could've, Should've. Top five no particular order, but that's it. And I'm like, is that it? I don't know. There's so many other good songs like Mastermind, Bejeweled, Karma. Yeah, there's a lot of other good songs, but those, yeah, right now that's my top five songs. I'd be curious to know what everybody else's is. Not many people do this, but my Instagram's at Emily K. Skinner. If you're listening and you want to send me your top five, I would love that. I will, yeah, go over there, send me a DM. I would love that. Anyways, her album has been on nonstop playing. I'm so sorry for everybody riding in a car with me, at home with me, or at work with me because (laughs) you're forced to listen to it. Thank you for putting up with me. I really appreciate you guys. But anyways, one thing I wanted wanted to mention was the conspiracy theories. Look, I'm not trying to give them energy, but TikTok, you are out of control. Like you need to be tamed. Some of these conspiracy theories are sending me, literally sending me, laughing out loud. TikTok, you're out of control. And people of TikTok, you're out of control. But also, you are hilarious. So thank you for the entertainment and all. But oh my goodness. Uh, Oh, one other thing I was going to tell you guys is I have an unpopular opinion and I don't want you guys to hate me. But I found one of the Taylor Swift songs to be a little bit cringe. And cringe is such a like hateful word. And so I tried to come up with another word because it just felt too harsh because I love Taylor Swift, but the truth is the truth and the truth must prevail. Anyways, that's dramatic. The first line of one of her songs made me cringe. I'm curious if by just saying that if anybody else can guess the song so i'm gonna give you guys a moment but yeah 
Anyways, the song is Vigilante Shit. I'm so sorry. I know it's like a girl boss, badass song. Let's go. Let's get revenge. Yes, I'm all for it. I love it. I love the drama. I love the intensity. I love the passion. But yeah, that first line out. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it right now. I'm like, oh my God. I <laughs> okay, one of my really good friends at work, she, um, she was like, she was like telling me her favorite song. And she was like, guess it, guess it. I'm like, I could not guess it because I did not think this was going to be her favorite song. And when she told me it was vigilante shit, I just could not. It sent me over the edge. Anyways, that's probably a story you guys don't need to hear, but that song a little bit makes me cringe. Don't come after me. I'm curious to know if you guys feel the same way though. You probably don't because it's an unpopular opinion. Anywho, I love you, Taylor. No disrespect. Okay. No disrespect. My second inspiration is book YouTube. So apparently, you know how social media works when you start searching a lot of stuff. It like puts you into the realm of that. Every single one of my social media platforms is going crazy with book stuff. And I've discovered that there's like a name for it. You've got book talk, you've got booktube, you've got bookstagram. I'm like, whoa, this is like a whole universe. And there is one person in particular I watch all of her videos. She is so adorable and she's cozy and she's insightful in just the best blended way, if you know what I mean. Anyways, her name is Haley Farm. She has a book YouTube channel. She has actually a lifestyle channel too, I do believe, but I follow her book channel and it's really good. She does book reviews. She does funny, fun types of videos with her books where it's like, how many books can I read in 24 hours or reading like a ridiculous amount of books in a week time frame, things such as that. So anyways, go give her a follow if you're into books because she is adorable. I'm sure you guys already know who she is, but those are my two current inspirations, Miss Taylor Swift and Miss Haley Farm. Thank you guys both for giving me entertainment. Speaking of entertainment, how I'm becoming the best version of myself is by lowering my screen time. Okay. I've had a real issue in the month of October with over-consuming, particularly Instagram and TikTok. So Instagram Reels and TikToks, yeah, just TikToks, way too much doom scrolling. I needed to chill. And the way I figured out that this was an issue was doing my October reflections. Wink, wink, you know, today's episode and all. Anyways, I was doing my October reflections and I kind of came to the conclusion that although I had a really great month of October, my mental state wasn't as good as it usually is. I felt by the end of the month, there was some self-comparison going on and that always just brings my mental state down. And I was like, oh wow, my screen time is kind of out of control. And now that I'm kind of reviewing this and reflecting, I have been scrolling a lot, like a lot, a lot. So in the month of November, I started the month with a three-day detox from my Instagram and TikTok. I just deleted the apps. And then after three days, I logged back on and the habit was broken. I, I haven't been scrolling on my phone anymore or doing anything like that. Like today's November 10th and I'm not doing any scrolling. So that is amazing. That's how easily you can break the habit. Sometimes it just takes a day of deleting apps and then some people need longer, like a week of deleting apps. Trust me, you're not missing anything. 
(laughs) You're just not. So that is what I have been doing to become the best version of myself is just lowering the time spent on Instagram and TikTok. YouTube does not have the same effect for me for whatever reason. Pinterest does not have the same effect for me for whatever reason. It's just Instagram and TikTok. So just lowering those screen times really helps. And another thing that really helped besides just deleting the apps is like a little detox period to break the habit. But also my nighttime routine, which I talked about in a previous episode, honing in on a nighttime routine. But doing that is really, really helpful as well. I don't know about you guys, but by the end of the day, I have like no motivation. Like I wake up in the mornings, I'm like ready to go and it just dwindles. Maybe that's normal for everybody. (laughs) I'm like sitting here thinking, I'm like, isn't that the way it works? That's why we go to bed again at night. Anyways, no, I'm like completely depleted at the end of the day and I start making poor decisions such as like getting on my phone. So having the nighttime routine of getting into bed early to read and then go to bed is really helpful because then, you know, when I'm reading, obviously I'm not on my phone. So I just turn on my alarm, put it on its charger, read my book and then go to bed. It's perfect, which sticking to that has been really helpful in this whole lowering my screen time thing. So I wanted to mention that as well, but yeah, that's how I'm becoming the best version of myself. Something I am looking forward to is my half marathon coming up. I am getting so excited. I have been working on building my endurance for months now, and my race is in about four weeks. It's November 10th right now, and my race is December 11th, so it's literally four weeks away. That's crazy. On Sunday, I literally got up and ran nine miles, nine miles. I told my mom, she was like, we talked, we were talking on Sunday and I was like, we were just talking about our days or whatever. She's like, oh yeah. Did you have like a good morning and everything? I'm like, yeah, I like got up and ran nine miles. She's like, excuse me. I'm like, I know. Right. But when you train for these long races and you have like this plan of action, that's just like what you eventually do. If you look, Oh, by the way, if you follow me on Instagram, which is at Emily K. Skinner, I have all of my runs on my stories. It's like on my profile stories that are saved. And it's crazy because you look at week one and literally like my runs that I did were one mile, one mile, two mile. Then you look at my most recent runs and it's it goes something along the lines of three mile, four mile, nine mile, or something like that. And it's just crazy to see your progression and how your body just kind of adapts and gets used to the endurance and you become stronger. It's really cool. And this is actually my second half marathon. So I have done it before, but I haven't ran ran this far in a really long time. The first half marathon I ran was in 2019 and it's 2022 now. So it's crazy to see. It's really rewarding to see. And I'm getting very excited for the big race day. Race days are always so much fun because all types of people are out there with the same goal and runners are so inclusive in my experience. So inclusive. A lot of high-fiving and let's go. Everyone's sweaty and messy and gross together. And I don't know how to explain it. It's a lot of fun. Highly encourage building yourself up to do some races. I do plan to make a episode over 
half marathon training as like an average Joe. You know what I mean? I'm not any kind of extreme athlete or anything special and I can still get my butt up and do it. Anybody can and I'm not exaggerating exaggerating that in any slight way because I just truly think that anybody can do it. I am a firm believer in the system of couch to 5K, 5K to 10K, 10K to half marathon. That's basically what I did and it worked for me and I just think it can work for anyone. So I do plan to make an episode over that and my experience running my first half marathon and training for my second one. I want to do it before my race, so I need to get that episode out. And then another thing is I want to do a post-race like running my second half marathon type of episode. So I think those would be fun. Anyways, something I'm looking forward to is my half marathon race coming up on December 11th. Jumping into today's episode, which is self-reflection, I'm going to kick off this topic with a definition. So self-reflection is the ability to critically think about one's character, actions, and values. Again, self-reflection is the ability to critically think about one's character, actions, and values. To me, self-reflection is so much deeper than what one may think after they start truly reflecting and taking action steps to improve their life. So for me, self-reflection is a very mature thing to do. I mean, it takes extreme self-awareness, self-acceptance, and extreme ownership over one's life to truly be able to reflect critically on a situation in their life and make improvements on it so they don't they're, so they're not repeating the same mistake over and over and this isn't all negative to be able to reflect on the good and the bad of your life can both be beneficial in their own right you know you hear that quote insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results it's true that is insanity and crazy enough we've all been there before and reflection. This is a great tool to avoiding that, avoiding the insanity. And, you know, it's one of those things where the vision, the goal, the, the purpose of your life, what you're trying to achieve, that shouldn't change. But what should change is your route to get there if needed. Being flexible in your route to achieving your goal is really important. And that's a huge takeaway from this whole thing. Reflecting is so that you can see what is going really good to keep doing it and what is not going so good so you can change that trajectory so it can become good. And yeah, I think one of those things is with this whole topic, there's layers to it. So the first thing, I just wanted to review that definition and make sure that it really seeks in that being reflective is mature. And I will reiterate, it takes great self-awareness self-acceptance and extreme ownership over yourself and your situation, being able to control your controllables and not sweating what you can't control. I mean, that takes straight up maturity and I'm still on the journey of figuring all this out. But what I'm learning is reflection is a lot deeper than maybe what I thought it was. It's not, you know, when you're a kid, it's like you get punished, like, or I think of like being a teenager, my mom takes my phone away because I stayed out too late with my friends. And okay, it, it was like kind of simple back then. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to stay out late again because the punishment of me not getting my phone is 
bad and I don't want that to happen again. So I'm not going to stay out too late. But nowadays it's kind of like my own thing. So if something's happening in my life that I don't like, I have to really reflect on it and come up with the game plan so it doesn't happen again. And I'll get into some examples soon, but there is one other thing I wanted to talk about before I get into my action steps and how I reflect. And that is talking about the different areas in our life. So everyone is constantly juggling different areas in their life and everybody has a different priority list with what they prioritize in their life. And one thing I wanted to mention is your life is really stressful, but so is everybody else's. Your life has hardships, but so does everybody else's. And no matter what you may think or what you may see on the surface, everyone's life is hard. And, you know, understanding that and realizing that was a big thing for me. It's like, I'm not the only one suffering. I wasn't dealt the best cards, but really no one was. Like life is just freaking hard, to be honest. And we're all going to have different areas we're trying to keep thriving or keep afloat, like I said. So, and that being said, there's different phases in our life that are going to take prioritizing one thing over another. And then another phase of our life where it's the opposite. So like students, you may be prioritizing making straight A's and hanging out with your friends and creating a social life for yourself and developing relationships. But once you have a family, family, you're very family oriented and family comes first and your job comes first and putting food on the table does. So with different phases, you're going to be prioritizing different things. I'm in my mid twenties and my top priorities are school to make good grades for the future career I want and also work to pay my bills. So I wanted to go over some of the different areas in my life so that it's it's just a personal example to kind of get the creative juices flowing. So the areas in my life that I prioritize and I actually carve out attention for are school, work, side jobs, relationships, spiritual life, health, and me time. Every single one of these areas are prioritized. And while some may be more important sometimes than others, they at the end of the day are all important to me and something that I am constantly giving attention to. So just to go in a little bit more depth, the school, school is for my future career of becoming a medical doctor. So it it gets tons of attention. Making good grades, making high grades is very important. Work, obviously that pays my bills. So I will, you know, I have to prioritize work. Side jobs, side jobs for me are my social media platforms. So this is one, podcasting is one for me. I also create YouTube videos. I like to prioritize that. I would love to see the day when my job as a veterinary technician gets on a lower priority list than my side jobs, such as social media. I would love to see that shift and that's something I'm working on. But right now my job as a veterinary technician gets priority over my side job, side jobs, because it, it doesn't make me money and I have to make money to pay my bills, of course. Next is relationships. So this is going to be my boyfriend, my friends, and my family. Those are all very important to me, all get attention. My spiritual life with my God, my health. So I talked about my half marathon earlier. That's what would fall under health for me. And kind of under that blanket is eating healthy foods and drinking water, getting good sleep, things like that to keep my body up and running and running 
optimally. So that's what falls under health. And then me time, I think this is different for everybody, but me time is going to be reading, travels, and just things that I like to do. I, I know firsthand that prioritizing myself and giving myself me time is absolutely essential to overall stress relief and health in general. So that's also on my priority list. I feel like everyone's is different. You to get more ideas of what may be on your areas of life that you want to prioritize, you can just do a quick Google search of like different areas of your life and things will pop up. I know that one for that a lot of people have on theirs is financial and mine is kind of on there. I just have it under work and side jobs. I put those in two different categories personally, but a lot of people will blanket finances and that's kind of how other people will do it. But everybody has their own thing. The reason that I'm mentioning this and giving you guys my own personal example of this, because I feel like without this foundation of knowing what your priorities in life are, without that foundation, I feel like it's actually very difficult to reflect. So the first thing I encourage you guys to do is take a look at your life and it doesn't have to be some big intense thing, but maybe put it in your phone notes app or write it on a piece of paper, do, or or just keep it in your mind. Whatever is easiest for you, make a mental list or a physical list of what is a priority in your life. What are the areas in your life that you're going to give attention to if not daily, at least weekly, like things you're carving out time for. I think it's really important and it's a part of the foundation of this episode, which is all about reflections. So that's the first thing I wanted to talk about in today's episode is just what I think reflection is, what the foundation is, and why it is so important. Now I wanted to give you guys a clear way to reflect on a situation or an area in your life. And I just wanted to reiterate that not all situations or areas in your life have to be bad that you're reflecting on. They can also be really good as well. Like if you are super happy with your career life right now, that is worth reflecting on so that you can continue pushing forward in that area of your life. But The four steps I have for you guys, I want to review them with you really quickly, and then I'm going to attach a scenario to them to really solidify why these four steps work. So step number one is get clear on the situation or scenario or area in your life you're trying to reflect on. That's number one. Number two is ask yourself, how does that situation or area in your life make you feel? How does it make you feel? Number three is given your emotion towards a situation and the values you hold for yourself determine what caused this situation to happen. And number five, come up with a plan of action to either keep moving forward on something that's positive in your life or create a plan of action so that you can stop whatever is happening in your life that may be more negative. So I'm going to attach a scenario to these four action steps and let's just work through the scenario. So the one that I've chosen is, let's say it is the middle of the semester, the middle of the fall semester, you're a student, and you are averaging a C in one of your classes. And this is a negative thing for you. And it's something that's not making you feel very good because 
you are usually someone who prioritizes making an AB average in your classes. So step number one was to get clear on the situation. So that is what we just did. Step number two is to determine how we feel about this. So because I generally like to get A's and B in my classes, I am going to just kind of listen to myself and be honest with myself about the feelings that I feel, which are maybe I'm upset with myself. Maybe I feel a little bit disappointed. Maybe I'm a little aggravated at some of the things going on in my classroom or maybe with my professor that are getting in the way. So I feel of me getting an A in the class. Maybe I'm frustrated with the situation that is happening and I'm just going to be raw and honest with myself about my feelings towards this situation. I think this is a hugely important step in this entire process because this gives you the ability to kind of self-vent everything out about your feelings. Now, with that being said, I want to circle back around to what I was talking about earlier, earlier where taking extreme ownership over a situation is crucial because we can only control our controllables. So while I may be upset because my professor is being so impossible, grading so difficult, and everything he talks about in lecture is not on the test, blah, blah, blah. Either way, I can't change the way my professor acts and I am still averaging a C in the class. So it's important to get your frustrations and your emotions out and feel them. And that's the whole purpose of step two, but it's also important to realize and it's mature to realize that I can only control my controllables. So that may be all of my feelings towards me averaging a C in my class right now. So now that I've you know realized what my emotions are, I'm going to move on to step number three, which is given my emotion towards the situation and what my values are that I have for myself, I need to determine what the cause of this was. So maybe whenever I'm going through the thinking process of this, I am, you know, maybe putting some blame on other people, but I'm reeling that back in because I'm like, you know what? I just need to think about why I'm in this situation and how I got here. So instead of turning towards it being the professor or turning it towards it being a roommate problem or whatever else you can come up with, maybe I start to really internalize and be like, well, you know, I could have studied a little bit more. I could have actually read the textbook instead of just gone to lecture. I could have not hung out with my friends so much on the weekend so that I could study more. I could have done a little bit better on the paper I turned in, et cetera, et cetera. So you start, you kind of turn away from trying to blame others or other situations and you start turning inwards towards yourself where you're like, what have I done to put myself into the situation? Again, controlling your controllables. And maybe you determine that, wow, yeah, I'm going out way too much. And while my social life may be thriving, my grades aren't in this class. So I really need to reel that back in. And you kind of come up with the root cause being you're just simply not prioritizing studying reading your textbook, and doing everything possible to make the highest grades. So you kind of come up with this thing of why you've gotten into this spot you're in right now. And that leads straight into step number four, which is to cultivate a plan of action. So now that we've become extremely honest with ourselves, we can now decide what do I need to do for the remainder of the semester in order to 
at least get into that B average, if not A if possible. So some things that come to mind when I think about if I were averaging a C in classes, I would talk to my professor and I would tell him how I feel and or her how I feel about having a C in the class and see if there's anything I can do or any recommendations that they have for me to start getting towards maybe averaging a B in the class or something better. So I would talk to my professor if I could and try to see if there's anything I can do there. And then of course, I think talking to my friends about how I need to prioritize schooling is going to be really important as well. So those are two action steps that you could take towards prioritizing your studies and trying to get that grade up. And that could be your action plan. Another action plan that comes to mind is setting out a study routine for yourself. So I know for me personally, whenever a class has been a lot harder, I came up with this system whenever I'm struggling in a class where I sit down and work on that classwork every single day, seven days a week. It could be for 10 minutes or it could be for five hours. Whatever that class demands in that day, just looking at the classwork, even when nothing's due every single day, and you can kind of tailor it to something. So it's like, okay, on these days, I get out of class at this time, so I'm going to start working on my physics homework or looking at my physics classwork every day at this time and you can kind of tailor it towards your schedule you're like every day at this time i am looking at my physics work because i am going to make a b in this freaking class or you know whatever the situation may be so you can also do like a day-to-day action plan on how you're going to get back on track but of course this isn't about study plans or getting a better grade in your class this is about how we're reflecting on a situation so coming up with a plan of action that you have control over. So I can control talking to my professor and at least trying to communicate with them about extra credit or what they think I can do to be more successful. I can control also talking to my friends about how I'm going to have to unfortunately not be going out as much because I have to start prioritizing my classes. And bonus tip or pro tip I should say is like be open and honest with your friends and family and partner about where you're at. I mean, you don't have to go into the details, but being vulnerable and honest about you not making as good a grade in your class as you want to be. So therefore you need to study more and that's why you're not replying or that's why you're not going out as much. That Telling them that and having open communication is so important because you never want to make anybody in your life feel like you're just bailing on them. And if you're just open and honest with them, it's really helpful and can help the friendship or relationship long-term. So that was just like a side note. But another controllable is that you are sitting down and prioritizing your physics homework every single day. Even when nothing's due, you are looking at your work and you're making sure you're staying on top of everything so that you can hopefully change the trajectory of how your grade's going to end up. And yeah, that's just kind of a action or a scenario I put together for you guys to really see how the reflection process unfolds. Now that was more of like a negative reflection but still i want i wanted to just step you guys through that because this has really helped me in my past and there are some other scenarios i wanted not to walk through but to just mention so i'm just going to go through that as well and this is like good and bad examples so let's say it, like just keeping on the subject of school is let's say you're getting straight a's and so you can reflect on 
why you're getting straight A's, how you feel about that, and how you can, can keep up that habit of getting straight A's. And another one in relation to school and just your mental health is maybe you've been feeling really down and low lately and you make a correlation between school and feeling mentally unwell and you reflect on that in order to gain some knowledge and come up with an action plan to turn that around. Another area in your life you may want to look into is your work. So maybe you acted poorly in a meeting and it made you feel very uncomfortable afterwards. I don't know if anyone's been in that situation before. I know I have had interactions with like someone who's above me before and I was like, wow. I walked away from the situation like, wow, I did not like how I handled myself and I took myself through this reflection process because I was able to avoid because I wanted to avoid acting like that again. So maybe that happens. Maybe you got a promotion or raise and you wanted to reflect on that. Um, Maybe you are not punctual and you reflect on that bad habit and you come up with an action plan to fix that. Another in your life are your relationships. So maybe you can't stop butting heads with your dad, so you reflect on that. Or maybe you have a super thriving relationship with your boyfriend or your partner and you want to reflect on that and just keep that going. Another in your life is what I call my me time, but you can also just call it personal. And some um, things I've reflected on before are why I have been feeling so happy and calm lately. I know this past summer, I felt those two emotions and I reflected on that. And it was a really good reflection process because I love feeling happy and calm. And by reflecting on that, I was like, these are the habits in my life on a daily consistent basis that could be contributing to my calmness. I want to continue those forever. And so that's just an example for me. But maybe on on the opposite end of things, maybe you're waking up tired every day. Maybe you feel lethargic every day. Like you're just, you don't feel optimal and you want to turn that around. So reflecting could be a good tool to change that and and do a little bit better. Another, Another area in your life you may want to do some reflecting on is your financial health. I know I have absolutely done this. I do this all the time because finances is so important when you're an adult. And anyways, finances is something you're left on. Maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe you are overspending or over shopping, all of those things. These are all just examples of things that you may want to think about reflecting on. And now that we've gone over our foundational work, which is understanding and knowing what our foundation is. So what are those areas in our life that we prioritize? We talked about the definition of self-reflection. We also went through the four steps, the four action steps that you can take in order to reflect on a situation or an area in a life or an area in your life, plus examples. You may be thinking like, when do I do this reflection? Like, When is this time that I'm going to sit down and reflect? And I totally get it. It's kind of like a strange concept. So there's two two scenarios here. Number one is monthly reflections. I feel like this one's the most basic. It's the easiest every month when you sit down to maybe look at your finances or set some goals for the next month, you add in monthly reflections. And I think this is one of those things for, at least me personally, where some months are more beneficial than others. Some months more things happen than others that I can reflect on. And so- mm-hmm. I have a second situation where I suggest reflecting as well, and it is more on a day-to-day basis, and that is when you feel tension, reflect. And it kind of reminds me of how people say if you're 
overly emotional, like maybe you're, ex- you're experiencing the emotion, the emotion of like anger at someone or at a situation, you're not supposed to like talk or interact during that time. You're supposed to cool off and then talk. So you're more level-headed. Same thing if you're like crying from something, it's better to kind of simmer and then talk about it. This is the tensions that I'm talking about. Like if something happened that isn't your normal, whether that's super, super happy or the opposite, then note it. Note it in your phone or make a mental note and reflect on that later. Why did you feel those ways? Maybe, and it, same thing could be done for maybe you're experiencing something like anxiety, like you're really anxious about something. It's worth digging into that a little bit and trying to investigate and reflect on maybe what caused that bit of anxiety so that you can get to the root cause of it. That's essentially what all this is about is you're trying to avoid issues and make your life as smooth as possible. And I know this is like an extremely specific way to reflect on your life. Like I get it. It's a little bit tedious, a little bit silly. I get it, but it's also good to know how to properly do something. So this is the episode today. These are my suggestions. These are my thoughts on the power of reflection. These are my thoughts on how I reflect and it is actually effective and useful in my life. And yeah, these are my thoughts on it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I felt called to do this reflections episode because I have gotten a lot of good benefit from doing reflections and putting a little bit more thought and effort into it. So if you guys did like this episode, if you guys have stayed till the end, I would really appreciate it if you could give me a five-star rating wherever you are listening to this. Think about leaving me a comment. I also run a lot of social media accounts. I have Instagram and TikTok. That's at Emily K. Skinner. I also have a podcast Instagram, which is at Pivoting with Emily, along with a YouTube channel under the same name. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the next one.